Redemption's Table. The song you just heard, Searching for Us, is by singer-songwriter Sky Peterson. That song found me back in May of last year, and according to Spotify, it was my second most listened to song of 2022. Several years ago, I learned of an organization in Nashville called The Rabbit Room. The Rabbit Room cultivates and curates stories, music, and art to nourish Christ-centered communities for the life of the world. And I was intrigued because I do a lot of writing and I love music and art. So I became a member of the Rabbit Room to support their work. And I discovered an incredible group of singer-songwriters writing phenomenal music. And today's very special guest, Sky Peterson, is one of those singer-songwriters. And she's just getting started. Her songs are so good, well-articulated, with vulnerability and wisdom. They just breathe. That's a rare combination. And here's the thing, y'all. When I sat down to have lunch with Skye, I already was a fan of her music. But from the get-go, in the pre-conversation over lunch, which I wish had been recorded as well, all the way through the after-lunch conversation you're about to hear, through all of that, I became a fan of Skye Peterson, the person. I encourage you to check out all of her music on whatever platform you happen to listen to music. And we'll listen to the rest of her songs searching for us on our way out today. But let's get to the table conversation. And I'll just tell you, it's recorded with lots of street ambiance. But it's so good to be back out in a restaurant having a conversation over a table. Here we go. Well, there you are. Welcome to Redemption's Table. We're back for the 101st episode. You just heard a song, Searching for Us, by Sky Peterson. And I am super excited because this doesn't happen often where I get to introduce a song and the person who's sitting here talking to me <laughs> across the table is actually the singer of that song, Sky Peterson. Yeah. Sky, welcome to the table. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. 
It is awesome to be here. Where are we right now? We are at uh, Lady Bird Taco, which is the best restaurant in Nashville, in my biased opinion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's great. We we're friends with the uh, with the owner, and so um, I feel like especially close to these tacos. <laughs> they're great tacos. <laughs> they're great tacos. They're, they're yeah. coming to Birmingham. They are. Yeah, they are. I'm excited. Spread the love. And I discovered that <laughs> the night I heard you sing in concert in Birmingham back this past fall mm. I was going to check out ice cream and I noticed yeah. right next to the ice cream place oh there's a ladybird taco coming yeah. so wow ice cream and tacos that's a winning combination I know it really is I'm excited you're here I want to ask you some random questions here's the first one if your life were a board game what would it be Ooh, that's wow what a great question um okay um, this is maybe a boring answer but I love Monopoly Monopoly is one of my favorite games because it takes a lot of time and there's a lot of risk involved. Um, also, you get money, which is great. <laughs> I like money. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just the perfect game. I'm, I'm kind of like a, um, I'm super competitive. So um, when it comes to like bargaining and, and bribing, it's, it's, uh, it's really fun for me. So in 40 years, are you going to be in charge of the music industry? And <laughs> yes. You've got the monopoly. Exactly, yeah. I'm, I'm so good with money, yeah. just because of monopoly. <laughs> I've already picked up on your sense of humor. Describe your sense of humor. Oh, um, you sent uh, a text so, earlier that just cracked me up. So. Yeah, um, uh, very sarcastic, um, kind of the like, yes and. I don't know if you know what that, that means, but it's like someone says something funny um, and then like the first one to make fun of it wins. It's just like, <laughs> I, I love accents and I, and I love um, yeah making fun of people very quickly, but it's in a loving way. So if I do that to you, I'm sorry and yeah. also thank you. It's okay. <laughs> uh, that just segues to one of the questions I was going to ask, do you do impressions? I, I do. Uh, um, anybody want to share? <laughs> you want me to do it? Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. I um, okay. Let's see. I can I can do a, a Scottish accent. It goes like this. And okay. I, if someone who's Scottish is listening to this, I'm so sorry, but I think it's pretty good. <laughs> there you go. Very good. <laughs> or have you ever seen Brave? Like, yes. Yeah, you know the part where she's like, uh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this um, on a recording, but um, if you could change your fate, would you? <laughs> I'd change my fate. If you could turn into a bear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind being a bear. Uh, <laughs> you did yeah. something uh, during your concert, uh, the tour this fall, oh. that I thought that, that's intriguing. You asked people to bring. Uh, the weirdest fruit. <laughs> yes. Are you into but weird fruit? I, well, I just thought, like, what's a good way to engage the audience other than just bringing them a weird fruit? No way. I what, brought you, you something. Well, I don't know. Just are a, you serious right I'm now? I'm serious, yeah. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Do you know what, what am I is? looking at? I, I thought this was very apropos. Uh, that, that is a yellow dragon fruit. Dragon fruit. There you go. Oh, my gosh. I wish you guys could see this right now. It's... um. We'll take wow, a it's like super squishy. Yeah. Too. Wow, I can't wait to eat it. Yeah, and it's suppo supposed to be sweet. So. Yeah, <laughs> That's so great. Thank yeah. you so much. I know. Well, on this tour, we were like so surprised because we. I think we only like posted it on Instagram like twice, maybe that, mm -hmm. um, and just told everyone like, yeah, if you 
whoever brings the weirdest fruit gets a gets a free CD. And a couple people did, and we were just like very surprised at people's creativity. Someone actually brought a, um, <laughs> and they didn't have time to actually go to the store and get a weird fruit, so um, they got an apple and they put a bunch of like toothpicks in it, so it looks super weird. Anyway, people are people are weird, and I like that. That's funny. You're a singer-songwriter. I am. You had a concert last night. You were at the local show yeah. last night. Mm -hmm. uh, so I know you perform a good bit. What's the funniest thing that's ever happened in a concert? Um, I, I had a show in, um, in Raleigh, North Carolina, like in the summer. And um, it was kind of, it was like an outdoor show. It was probably 90 degrees. Everyone was like kind of miserable mosquito. I was like constantly like slapping my skin <laughs> to like get all the mosquitoes off. And, um, and there was, I was like underneath this like um, oak tree. <laughs> Um, and so, and so, like almost every minute, an acorn would like fall on, <laughs> literally on my head, and I spent like the whole show just like dodging them. It was, but it was too late to like change the location. So that was like the most painful one, not emotionally, but physically, physically painful show. <laughs> was yeah. there a squirrel up there? <laughs> Maybe, yeah, evil squirrel that really didn't like my music and just pelting those acorns at me. Music critics. Yeah. <laughs> You are associated with uh, an organization called The Rabbit Room, mm -hmm. uh, and there's a podcast on The Rabbit Room, uh, Jonathan Rogers host mm -hmm. called The Habit, mm -hmm. and a couple of years ago, he had a series of episodes around the theme of sad stories told for laughs, mm -hmm. which were hilarious, but they were, they were serious stories, but enough time had gone by. Uh, in the person's life that they can look back on it now and just see mm. how hilarious, absurd it, it was. And there were some quite hilarious ones. Do you have any sad stories told for laughs? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I can I can think of lots of like really painful experiences that like I I, I think I can laugh about now or at least make light of them. Um, I mean, <laughs> I think like uh, yeah, when I when I was eight. Um, I was this very stubborn, independent um, little girl and um, had this kind of old-fashioned school desk, you know, where, where it's like a chair and the desk attached to it um, or like over your lap. And um, for some reason, our, someone gave one to us and uh, I was going to carry it up the stairs and my dad said, wait for me so I can help you. And while he wasn't looking, the stubborn, independent sky was like, I'm going to do this all by myself. And so I grabbed the chair. And I started walking up the stairs, and um, I think I got six steps up, and I lost my balance and tumbled down the stairs with this chair on me, and my arm was wrapped in, like, the metal bar, um, the back bar, and it, like, snapped my elbow out, and, you know, like, one of the worst breaks I've ever seen, if you look at the x-ray, just, like, a clean, like, snap, and um, it was just, like, yeah, I had, had to go to the hospital, had to get, like, pins and surgery and, like, just the whole, the whole works. And, and looking back now, like, in that moment, it, was, like, brought up all these questions about, like, God and why pain exists and, like, what does it actually mean for me? Why would God allow this to happen? I was, like, a seven-year-old, literally. Um, and now looking back, I'm, like, you are so stubborn. <laughs> like, just wait to, like, let people help you, like, allow people in, um, allow people to, like, serve you and help you we're not supposed to do things alone that's the first thing that comes to mind okay is that going to become a song someday it maybe maybe it, it might 
I feel like, <laughs> I feel like it's still a sad story and I'm learning how to laugh about it now. Yeah, it's kind of a sad story. It is a sad story. <laughs> I want to share a story with you. I'll kind of give you a backstory. Mm -hmm. I, in April of 2020, I, and I believe you were on this project, you and your brothers released uh, Wake Low. Yeah. Uh, several songs and listened to those, liked it. I knew in, later that year, in 2020, you released your first EP. I did. Uh, Searching For Us was the title. Mm -hmm. And I listened to it and I liked it. There was a lot going on at that time. Mm -hmm. And I'm constantly listening to music. Songs find me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if other. I don't know if you've found that to be true, but I'm talking yeah. about other people's songs. And, mm -hmm. and of course, your case, you're a singer-songwriter, mm -hmm. so I'm sure they find you in a yeah. different way. But last year, last spring, I was listening to music, and you know how you come to the end of a playlist, and it will kick into other music mm -hmm. once you reach the end of the playlist. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, I'm hearing this song, and I'm like, uh, "That's a that's." That's a great song. Who is that? And I went and listened uh, and looked, and it was your song, Sky, mm. Searching for Us. Wow. That song found me. I heard it in 2020, but I didn't really hear it. Mm. And then I showed you a few minutes ago yeah. uh, that uh, that was the number two song I, I listened to. I listened to it so many times last year. It's wow. just a great, wow. wonderful song. Thank you so much. You're a gifted songwriter. Uh, Thank and you. then <laughs> you have a new release. I do. Wonder of it all. I just, mm. I want to hear a little bit from your perspective how how songs find you. Yep. How you find songs. There's, that's a two-part question mm. there. Yeah. That's a, I, I love what you said about that. I, I feel like middle school was, was especially rough for um, a lot of reasons. And part of it was I think that I was um, a pretty pr pretty lonely kid. Um, I think I had, um, with my family, um, all being musicians, I was homeschooled, and so I would travel a lot, didn't have many consistent friends in my, in my life, and so I was lonely for that reason. But I think another reason I was lonely was that I, f I felt things really deeply for someone as, as young as I was. Um, I still kind of feel that way. Um, and, the, you know, feelings can teach us a lot of things about ourselves, but also it kind of feels like this, um, this like covering cloud over you where like you're really tender, easily triggered, um, which meant I cried a lot as a, as a little girl. My feelings were hurt very easily. Um, and, and I think part of the, the reason for those like um, deep feelings was because I put this like pressure on myself um, to have it all figured out, <laughs> um, to, to understand the way that God works, um, to understand the way that my heart works, um, to understand the way that I'm wired, why I feel the things that I do. Um, and so growing up, it felt like that was on me, that my, the, the reason why people liked me was because I had things figured out, um, that I put on this kind of mask this um, like plastic smile that um, showed people that I, I was maybe someone different than I actually was on the surface. So like all of those feelings kind of jumbled together. Meanwhile, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is this like um, faithful shepherd um, who's like actually like looking for us. Mm -hmm. um, in my mind, the gospel is like, I'm searching, I'm scanning the world for like some hope, so someone to save me. Uh, when really like the, the gospel seems to be like, <laughs> that Jesus actually comes down to earth, like becomes ordinary, becomes a man in order to like find us. I feel like a lot of, you know, lots of religions are like, 
um, I heard someone describe it as like a, a mountain yeah, and um, and how like at the top of the mountain is like perfection a perfect peace um, the things that we're all like actually striving for is satisfaction um, and so everyone is like you know climbing this mountain trying to get to the top um, and you know tripping and falling and stumbling and then going up a little bit higher and then falling back down again um, and I think like what the gospel does um, and, and kind of what the song is searching for us is about is that like Jesus who's at the top who is perfect peace perfect um, satisfaction um, perfect perfection <laughs> well uh, yeah perfection <laughs> that's redundant um, he he like comes down the mountain and like picks us up <laughs> and like carries us up and kind of like fills the gap um, and that's like I, I don't even know how to like express how wonderful that is yeah. um, and so I kind of like wrote that song out of um, realizing that I still feel like that seven-year-old um, carrying up the school desk, yeah. um, trying to do it on my own <laughs> instead of allowing Jesus to literally pick up my burden and take it up the stairs for me. Um, but I'm like slowly learning that dependence is a good thing um, and, and that like Jesus actually wa- wants to be to be that father that carries up that school desk for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, you know, we were talking earlier mm-hmm. as we were sharing tacos about uh, the Beatitudes mm-hmm. and the very first one, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and the essence of that, in my understanding, is to live dependently, mm-hmm. to be dependent upon him mm-hmm. and that you're right, that is uh, especially, I guess, everybody on the planet, not just Americans, uh, have this fierce independence, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, to just to learn to relax yeah. in His sovereignty. Yeah, and, well, and dependence is scary. Yeah. It it like requires something of us. It requires trust yeah. and like surrender of control. We love to be in control. Yeah, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I love yeah. to be in control, and um, and it if you're depending on someone else, it's it's like it's really scary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful song. Uh, it Thank spoke you. volumes to me. I saw, Im- and I, the imagery's there. You talk about sheep, and mm-hmm. and I saw the the uh, parable of the lost sheep. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I actually took it from Ezekiel. There's a passage that talks about like um, God seeking out the lo- uh, seeking seeking and saving the lost. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy that He does it. It's still still confounds me, and it's really hard to believe sometimes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's not true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So many of your songs, uh, I've been listening to all of your music, mm-hmm. but uh, especially I've been tuning in to Wonder of It All. Used mm-hmm. it last week on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you a question because you don't even the, the the lyrics of your song is not even listed there yet. And I was curious about the lyrics, and so I went to Genius, and Genius said that that one that includes lyrics, and somebody mm-hmm. identified it as. Uh, uh, instead of fight with God, I think you're singing fight with God and mm-hmm. wrestle till he breaks my hip. Yeah. And but the genius said fly with God. I'm like, mm, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's being poetic. Oh uh, yeah, no, no, that's um. It's fight with God. Yeah, uh, I, I would love to fly with God too, but yeah, no, I, I fight way more than fly with God. Well, yeah. that song is a mm. great song, and the other songs that struck me on that is uh, Resurrection in You. Oh, thanks. And uh, Cedar of Lebanon. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm a big Bible nerd. <laughs> um, I went to uh, a Bible school 
and um, uh, we had to read through the whole entire Bible while we were there. Mm -hmm. We had to. We got to. And it took work. Um, it also, like, showed me things that, like, if I were just reading, you know, four verses at a time and studying them super intensely, um, then I don't know that I would have understood, like, the big picture of, oh, hello, there's a dog right next to yeah. me. Um, I don't think I would have understood, like, the big picture of the gospel as much as I... Um, as much as I do now, and one of the things that kept showing up was cedar of uh, like these cedar trees that were in Lebanon, Lebanon, the Promised Land, mm -hmm. like um, very snowy and like lots of like big mountains, and they're like uh, yeah, they're these big cedar trees that are like you know hundreds and hundreds of years old. I actually yeah just found out that they can they can uh, live up to maybe a thousand years. Wow! I should don't don't take notes for me because I don't actually know if that's true but yeah. anyway they're really big big trees very sturdy very strong used to build Solomon's temple mm -hmm. um, like yeah um, you, you'll notice it now that you like know the song um, but just everything's coated in cedar limbs mm -hmm. and I also thought about the fact that um, that their roots are like quite literally like rooted in the promise the promised land wow. and in that like Whenever that's true, then it means that they can stand strong. There are also evergreen trees, which means that like they look the same in winter as they do in summer and spring and fall. Um, anyway, so like the more that I read about it and did research, I realized that like oh, this is how this is what we're called to be like. <laughs> we're called to be as sturdy and steadfast and faithful as these cedar trees. We're called to be rooted in the promise. We're called to be consistently faithful. <laughs> um, I, yeah, just layer upon layer upon layer of of um, truth in there. And how cool is it that, like, it's a tree? Yeah. <laughs> and how um, we actually have this visual for what um, for what we're called to be like. And I also, I mean, going into Resurrection and You, that song is all about learning to see God and, and creation and, and people. And um, uh, Resurrection and You talks about daffodils that I saw and how they're, like, literally witnesses to the resurrection. Um, how, like... They were, they were one seeds, like, buried in darkness with, like, um, you know, uh, rain, rainfall and darkness, and it took time um, for them to actually grow, and then, and then suddenly a sprout comes out of the earth, and suddenly there's this, like, um, yellow, beautiful thing in front of us that, like, we, we have, like, that, that's proof that, like, God can bring dead things to life every year. And I also think... Um, it's beautiful that daffodils come in, in January and February, even though they're like, they're almost always early, but for me, they're right on time. They're, they're kind of this reminder to me that winter is, is not the, does not have the final word, that spring is coming soon. Um, uh, for those of you listening, you, can, you can't tell right now, but it's like, it's 65 degrees. <laughs> and even though it's February, I like, I went, I drove past a bunch of cherry trees that were like about to bud. So it's just, uh, yeah, God, God's voice is everywhere. Yeah. I, I noticed coming up today, there was a line in one of those songs about a February sky. Yes. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and I caught it today because it's February. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. I actually ju I just wrote a song that will hopefully be released soon called February Prayer. <laughs> That's about like winter, and I and I was reading through the Psalms and was really realizing that David asks God for for spring. Mm -hmm. uh, he asks God for rain, for uh, for like growth of his garden, like bless our crops, bless our fields, send the rain upon the fertile ground. And um, I love that idea. Like 
spring is going to come, but I think he loves us to ask for it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and um, I kind of like put it all into words, and hopefully it'll be released. Well, look forward to hearing that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And going back to the cedar of Lebanon, mm -hmm. they also have a nice aroma. Cedars do. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Just I, So I guess our lives are supposed to be a nice aroma, too. So hmm, the, I like that. When you write songs, I am guessing most of the songs you write are personal and you're the one that writes the song. Mm -hmm. Do you ever do collaborative efforts? And how do you know when the transition, have you ever started a song that was mm -hmm. personal but switched over to being collaborative? And just the mm -hmm. whole collaborative concept. Yep. Yeah, that's a great question. I, so most of the time, I was kind of telling you earlier that um, most of my songs function as journal entries. Mm -hmm. If I have a lot of feelings bottled up, the way that I let them out, pour them out, is through music and, and words and lyrics. And uh, so I'll sit down at the piano and just kind of write something. Um, there's a song that I released called "Take Shelter." Um, that's uh, a hymn now, but I actually wrote it as a uh, confession song. Um, uh, and as kind of a prayer, but it was actually about social anxiety, the kind of stuff that I dealt with in high school. Mm -hmm. um, and had that chorus that's literally as it's uh, just a few words, just uh, I'll take shelter, take shelter in the loving arms of God. Um, nothing more than that. Uh, but the verses were kind of this like uh, heart-wrenching, like, why am I like this? Why do I feel these things? Like, why does it feel like rain is always pouring down on me? But I'm going to take shelter, take shelter in the loving arms of God. And um, I put it on my, in my bottom drawer for probably like three years and uh, was riding with my friend Ben Shive one time and um, played him that played him that chorus. Um, and I don't know why, it, but it kind of came to me. But it was around the time that the war in Ukraine broke out. Mm, okay. And uh, so we kind of like reshaped the verses in order to kind of speak into that um, kind of as a battle cry, um, as a prayer for people outside of the Ukraine to um, remind ourselves that we're all in this war, um, that we're fighting for the church um, to stand strong, but also like uh, a spiritual war that we're also called to take refuge in, in his arms. Um, so yeah, in, in that way, like songs can be buried deep for years and also come out and like mean something different because you're older you have you have more experience you've made more mistakes you like know a little more about life mm -hmm. um and it's actually really cool to look back on old songs as like dire as like a diary or something and see yeah. how you've changed and grown doesn't mean that they're not true anymore but it is cool to have that perspective yeah well yeah. and i can only imagine songs are like sermons, messages, mm. I've written a bunch of those, <laughs> and how uh, a message will get put away for 10 years and suddenly in a different season of my, my life, it's God speaking to me through my own message, which he did the mm. first time, but it suddenly has become very pointed. Mm -hmm. uh, and just in this light, it's a mystery to me and a wonder to me, and it's exciting to me how God does that sort of thing. Wow. So, mm. so what uh, what dreams do you have? What are your dreams in regard to music? What are your dreams in regards to living the kingdom? I've already keyed in on the Monopoly thing. You want to be in charge of Nashville. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and be rich. Be ri <laughs> yeah, that would be great. But, but, but what, what dreams? What? I am very interested in slow, steady, obedient work. Um, I do house shows a lot. 
I love that because it feels intimate and close. I think the, the bigger your name is, the um, harder it is to be real. Harder it is. There's a responsibility that comes with um, with speaking truth to your audience that you have to be careful and um, about the things that you choose to say, um, the things that you choose to write about. And so I actually really love the intimate like um, setting where you can actually connect with the audience and look them in the eye, um, get to know them. By the end of the night, you feel like your friends. Um, it also gains like sweeter supporters because they feel like they they're friends with you by the end. <clears throat> um, so. I, all that to say, I think in five years, if I'm still doing that, um, I would be so happy. I think I want to, my dream is to love Jesus more and more every day, um, become like him in the process of loving him, um, and just be, I, like, I feel like the, the word real comes up a lot whenever um, I'm talking about my music. Um, because I've experienced a lot of music that has felt fake. Um, and people like Sarah Groves and Sandra McCracken, um, Andrew, Andrew Peterson, uh, th those are the kind of people that feel like they're speaking truth, truth and I believe them um, when they're talking about it because they're also sharing both parts of truth, the, the hard truth and also the, the easy, wonderful, um, easy to believe kind of truth um, and I think both are important to talk about a lot of my songs like I said are journal entries and so it means talking about doubt it means talking about like the, the struggle of faith um, what what it's like on the days that it's really hard to believe um, it means singing about spring even when you're in the winter <laughs> yeah. it means like like saying words to r remind yourself of the truth I, I was just telling you about the local show last night and how it was one of those days where felt like the gospel is hard to believe and and that's when that's when music I feel like matters even more it's like we have to like remind ourselves like this is this is the role that music plays in our hearts it can move us like nothing can yeah. it can remind us like nothing else can um, and so that's part of what I feel like my calling is is to be real in sharing truth and also the struggle to believe the truth um, I think they do different things but I want to do both of them if I can yeah, and I think that's where vulnerability comes yeah. in. Which is so scary. Admitting the struggle. <laughs> yeah. I don't have all the answers. <clears throat> yeah, um, absolutely. And it's incredible to watch someone do that, and that's that's the goal. That's that that's maybe I shouldn't even say the goal. That that should be where it should all be. Over performance. Uh, hmm. And that happens anytime there's a stage, whether that stage be a musical stage or whether that stage be a platform that happens to hold a pulpit. <laughs> uh, mm. Vulnerability is key. So, yeah. Yeah. And I already see that in you. And of oh, course thanks. I see that in the artist you mentioned there as well. Yeah. Um, it, it's something real shines through in those moments. Mm. So, thanks. Uh, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does. And, and in your music, I, you know, I told you a few moments ago, I have a music degree and I can write, I, I can write a poem that rhymes, but I don't sense that I'm a poet. <laughs> when I listen to your lyrics, uh, I sense you're a poet. Oh, thanks. And, and, uh, a, and a poet that's just from your first LP, EP, EP, mm -hmm. EP. Uh, Searching for Us to the New One Wonder of It All. I'm seeing 
just growth in, mm. and the first one was great this Thank you. this one I mean just you just I'm sure you've heard this pun before the sky's the limit <laughs> I have uh, heard that before yeah probably heard a few <laughs> others too. Mm. yeah yeah so okay. what's on the horizon just the immediate horizon yeah Maybe not so much dreams but yeah uh, what's coming up here yeah. in the next few months Lots of shows. Um, I'm on a team of uh, hymn writers right now, which mm -hmm. is really fun. So it's a couple of writing retreats. Um, that looks like reading the Bible a whole lot. <laughs> it looks like t having lots of deep conversations about what God has been teaching you and what you feel like the church needs. And um, and that's, yeah, so that's next week is a long five five-day week of just, um, yeah, intense, intense writing. Is it here in Nashville? Here in Nashville. Okay. Yeah, thankfully. So I can sleep in my own bed. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's coming up. Um, I think I have like a songwriting group every Wednesday of just a bunch of girls that come over on my house, at, at my house. Um, so I have that. I have lots of like regular things in my life, like, kind of what I was mentioning earlier about like ordinary things, I think are part of the way that God speaks to us. <laughs> um, and so part of that means com coming and eating out Lady Bird Taco twice a week with my boyfriend and going to church and having coffee with them after every... I really like food, if you can't tell. Oh, yeah. um, seeing my family on Monday night tacos. <laughs> I eat a lot of tacos. I love tacos. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a win-win and today. And thank you uh, mm. for taking the time to get together I am uh, I, I am humbled anytime I have an opportunity to just engage in conversation mm. uh, and, and just to listen. So I'm Thanks. thankful for you. And yeah, great yeah. place to eat. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Well, folks, we're going to be listening to Sky's song, the rest of it now, uh, searching for us. And this is Sky and I, Sky and I, saying <laughs> uh, goodbye uh, from Nashville and Ladybird Tacos. So again, thank you, Sky. Thanks. Oh, when he finds me, he calls, standing winsome and tall, and helpless I fall to the ground at his feet. But then he sweeps up his bride, looks me deep in the eyes, and tells me he died.